Welcome, everyone, to the Quilt Connection with episode number 101. Now, I've been on the road a lot, you know, and I know because you keep coming up and saying, when are you going to do more podcasts? When are you going to do more podcasts? And the answer is today. I understand how important this form of communication is because you can take it with you while you're exercising or on your walk or at work. I don't know how I feel about that. And um, listen to it. You aren't tied to your computer. So here we are. We're back in the saddle and we're trying something new today. John has rigged up an interview with, I've got speakerphone on, and I think this is going to work out just great. So we're on to a whole new way of podcasting, of which I'm very excited. Now, this very special episode is with a lady. Her name is Donna Sue Groves, and you may not be familiar with her name, not yet, but I'll tell you right now, I'll bet nine out of ten of you are familiar with what she has done in quilting. And to tease you, it does not include fabric or thread or sewing machine. So anyways, on the phone, I have Donna Sue Groves. Hi, Donna. How are you, Alex? I'm quite well, and I'm so excited that John put us together because I am just thrilled about learning about something I've been enjoying for a long time, and others have too. Now, first of all, where do you live? I live in Adams County, Ohio, Manchester, which is down on the Ohio River. It's it's east of Cincinnati, if that helps give everyone a visual picture. And tell us a little bit about yourself, but don't tell them what you've done yet, okay? I won't. Um, I'm formerly from West Virginia. I'm a mountaineer, grew up there, um, eventually ended up in Ohio. Most recently, I worked for the past 10 years, I worked for the Ohio Arts Council as a southern field rep for the rural area in Ohio, and specifically the Appalachian counties in Ohio. Um, I've been a community advocate, and back in the 60s, a community activist in my day, and I live here on a joint uh, non-working farm with my mother. We have individual homes, but we live on the same property and enjoy nature and wildlife here in Adams County. Are you a quilter? No, I'm not a quilter. I did make one small wall hanging, the Tree of Life, back in the 70s. Um, I found out that uh, geometrics and making my points meet was not something that that excited me. But I am a cheerleader and a patron <laughs> and, and a supporter of those who quilt. I'm most interested in the stories of the quilters and the patterns, and I love fabric. Well, then you are kind of a quilter if you love fabric. Do you collect fabric? <laughs> I hate to tell you, but I do, Alex. <laughs> well, then I, I crown you a quilter, okay? <laughs> All right, I'll accept that. Thank you. Okay, well, let's tell everybody what you have done. And um, you go ahead and say what you did and what your vision was, because I think this is so fantastic, I can hardly stand it. All right, because I... I was imprinted early with quilters in my family, my maternal and paternal grandmothers and my mother, and I grew up in a rural area of West Virginia. Very briefly, my mother created a card game counting barns, and we used barns as people count license plate with their children on trips. And as, uh, as time passed and 
I was thinking about those barns and quilting, and I went to work for the Ohio Arts Council and realized the power of public art and public murals and the importance of quilting as an art form. When Mother and I bought this farm together, on it was a tobacco barn, which I wasn't familiar with, and it's very plain and simple. And I offhandedly made the joke to her back in 1989, I know, I'll paint you a quilt square on it. It'll be colorful and it'll brighten it up. The years passed. Community members kept insisting that I do paint that quilt square. And finally, they approached me and said, we'll help you, Donna. Your mother's getting older. And I said, I think I have an idea. If we're going to paint one quilt square... Why don't we paint multiple quilt squares on barns here in the county, invite visitors and tourists to come to our county to see see them, to drive our back roads, to stay in our beds and breakfast, to eat at our restaurants, to fill up their gas tanks, and hopefully this will create an opportunity for artists and quilters to sell their items to create economic opportunity, and bingo. We came together as a grassroots committee here in Adams County, planned the project, and we hung our first quilt square, the Ohio Star, during a local herb festival. Now, you hung it or you painted it? We, it was painted. Originally, some, our first ones were painted by artists, which I saw the money going back into the community by hiring an artist to paint a quilt square. It was painted on barn siding. A barn barn siding was used to construct this palette of sorts. And then the Ohio Star was painted on this palette of barn siding, and then it was hung on the barn, the first one. Okay, so you're saying that it was not painted direct, they're not painted directly on the barns. I did not know that. Some are and some aren't. For example, Miami County, Ohio, all of theirs are painted directly on the barns as well as Monroe County. But not all rural communities have the luxury of having a visual artist that can paint directly on the barn that has the scaffolding and the experience and the know-how. So, and also that limits communities in creating these quilt squares to one individual. What we found out is people really like to paint their own, come together as a, um, a 4-H group, Girl Scouts, Boy Scouts, senior citizens, that people come, quilters, that they come together to draft the, the quilt square, and then they can participate in the actual painting of it together, which brings more people together. Okay, I have to go back and ask a question about something you said from the get-go. Being a California girl that happens to love the barns of Wisconsin, because that's where we went every summer, you're saying that there are different barns for different needs, like when you said the whole license plate thing? Absolutely. There are, there are round barns, there's bank barns, there's uh, interconnected barns in New England, There's um, just very small barns that were utilitarian, uh, depending on the culture. Uh, For example, the Pennsylvania Dutch barns and and Pennsylvania, the German barns, often had what they called a hex sign they painted on them, which were these big, colorful uh, signs, which was worth 50 points when 
I was a child and we were counting cards. <laughs> so, so it became a cultural and history lesson, a discussion about the purpose and the use of the barns, you know. Well, you know, up in Door County, where my folks are from, they sell those hex signs, so I know exactly what you're talking about. They're beautiful. And although I was, you know, I remember those, I didn't specifically think about those when, when I made that promise to Mother that, we'll paint you a, that I'll paint you a quilt square. Okay, so now when you started, you know, facilitating these quilt squares going up, was there a specific route or was it, you know, just hither and yon? Well, when that's what one of the, the, the committee had to decide here in Adams County. You know, if you're going to invite people to your community, you want to put your best foot forward. And we had to think about designing a specific driving route we felt in the beginning because we didn't want people on dead-end roads. We wanted to be able to move them through the villages so they would have an opportunity to, to eat at a restaurant. We wanted them to be able to comfortably enjoy this and, and, and not be pressured with the fear of being lost. Of course, now... Many of the communities across the United States have the luxury of developing GS, uh, global positioning. What is it? GPS? GPS, yeah. Uh, uh, trails where people can just, you know, just lock into that, put the address in. But we didn't have that 10 years ago. You know, that's funny that you say that, but I think of technology and what it offers, like us talking on the phone right now. I mean, it's wonderful. Absolutely, Alex. And when I dreamed about this in the beginning podcast, were just being implemented, and I believe one of the trails in New York State is using is using the telephone and and the, and podcast capabilities. But if you the something, and I'm very inept about technology, but they go to a site, they push a certain number you, on their cell phone, then they can hear the story of the farm <laughs> and the story of the quilt square. And move on to the next one. That's amazing. So in a sense, it's a new age electronic development of that very simplistic game that Mother so wisely created to keep my brother and I quiet. You know, I got to tell you something. Back in the day, my my grandparents are deceased on both sides, but my husband John asked my grandma and grandpa what was the biggest change in their life that made the most affected the most difference. And for my grandpa, it was a tractor, and for my grandma, it was indoor plumbing. Oh, hallelujah. I know. I, bet. <laughs> I bet. So, you know, it's just amazing. Um, no more washtubs out of the yard and having to build a fire, too, probably. Exactly. My, I believe my mom was born in a tent, so there you go. <laughs> well, I thought the visits that I made to Iowa when I helped uh, initiate Grundy County, Iowa, is the first one there in that state. And I went back afterwards to see their quilt squares that they had they had developed their trail and the farms are so huge and it's so far between the, the, the properties to see the quilt squares and you come you drive and drive and drive and up pops this barn with this beautiful splash of color on it and I couldn't help wonder what our foremothers and grandmothers 
would have thought to have that kind of color in their life? Ooh, that's an interesting question now, isn't it? Seriously. Yes, it is. They had it in their hands mm-hmm. with their creativity in piecing and making quilts, but they didn't have that opportunity to see that kind of color. So it's kind of exciting for me to think about that and and, and think that maybe they could have sm- would smile looking out their window and seeing some, some color. Some color, yeah, especially in the winter, you know. Um, was there anything that really surprised you about this project as it started to take a life of its own? It's interesting. The most interesting thing that, that I've observed is how joyous it is, how much fun people are having at the local level. We had fun initiating the first trail and bonded as a committee, but I hear so many other folks throughout the 27 states saying, we met, we got to know our neighbors. We didn't, we've lived here right. 20-some years, or we paint together monthly, or now we're connected. We know when someone needs help. So I see it as... A, is pulling communities together using this format, and, and that joy is, is pretty exciting for me. Now, how many states did you say? There's 27 states now. Do you have any idea how many barns and all, or is it just beyond? To a rough estimate is probably well over a 1,000 um, quilts on barns and, and significant outdoor buildings. With over a hundred, um, no, excuse me, well over two thousand. Okay, what's a what's a significant outdoor building? Uh, that might be an implement shed. It might be a pig pen. <laughs> you know, um, it might be you know people. I just saw in one of the the magazines that some of the urbanite folks in the larger cities are painting quilt squares using their garage doors. Well, and even... Think of those little squares. Oh, yeah. The ready palette. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, Times Squares, too. They have a quilt up there and the lights and all that. It's just, it's wonderful how we're taking over the world. I think it is marvelous, too. And I love it that the art form is being elevated to to this, this significance of people that don't quilt or aren't aware of it, they will be stimulated to say, what was that we just passed? Exactly. Now, with any project, there are challenges. Is there anything that was like, wow, where did that come from? The, the biggest thing, uh, uh, one of the most important things that the communities need to think about is if they're going to develop a driving trail, how do they connect that to the cash register? How do they truly make the project work for them that they can capture those tourism dollars? Excellent. And the second thing is long-term maintenance. Although the quilt squares will last on an average six to ten years without refurbishing it, that, you know... Things happen, mm-hmm. you know, tornadoes, barns, uh, accidents, um, bar, people move. And so they have to be continually vigilant about keeping that 
trail alive in many facets, and maintenance is an important thing. But the number one thing is, is is it working for them? Is it capturing tourism dollars? That's, you know, really an excellent point. My grandpa being a farmer, it's it's a very difficult lifestyle, and you're really at whim of Mother Nature and all that. I love hearing you say that. Let me just say that. Great. Um, One of the, the wonderful opportunities, not just for artists and quilters, for economic opportunities, we're having people use their quilts, their quilt square, as a marketing tool. Um, as as on their barn, they have a specific quilt square. Let's say the Lemoyne Star. Then let's say they produce and make jelly. That's their expertise. They're using that quilt square on their label. So they have a dual marketing tool there. Excellent. We've got petting zoos that are coming, that have been developed, and and the um, mazes, corn mazes. Right. And so they're thinking broader, how can they make an e- create economic opportunity on the farm and using the quilt square as a destination. You know, I think this is just great. Are you just surprised at how the whole thing has grown? And do you have any idea what the future holds for the project? I was surprised that we're up to 27 states. Um, I knew we were really on to something when we first dedicated ours here in 2001. I thought that it would start slowing down about year five or six, but it doesn't seem to be so. Now there's books coming out by other people that are creating patterns using where you construct a barn mm-hmm. and that you that you have a quilt square on it. I've seen that. So there's going to be quilts out there <laughs> with quilt squares, on, uh, barns and quilt squares. So it really is, hopefully, what I hope is that it will raise our local and national awareness about the importance barns played in our lives. Well, you know, we aren't the only country in the world with barns. Um, is this? No, there's two trade. We we are international, Alex. Are you? British Columbia and Ontario, oh, Canada. Oh, wonderful! Two of the provinces from Canada, and we're east of west coast. And we got Canada, I think we need a project in Mexico somewhere that we'd be all the continent. Well, I think of the whole world, you know yeah. what I mean? Why not? People have, um, I've had an inquiry from Wales and Germany, um, but I haven't heard that they've actually started to develop a trail, any trails yet, but I'm sure we'll all hear. Well, now, um, this is being documented, and um, tell us about the book and uh, Susie Perrin's involvement, etc. Oh, Susie's a wonderful gal down in Stone Mountain, Georgia, who approached me a couple years ago, among many, many others, wanting to write the story of the quilt trail and its involvement, uh, its evolvement. and Susie, is, Susie just struck a chord in my heart and in my mind and presented me with an idea of she writing the book and together we had many conversations and approached uh, Ohio University Press and they liked the concept and the idea and we signed a contract and Susie hit the the road running and she's writing about how the how 
my vision um, was was implemented here locally and then the process of it spreading across the United States with first-person stories. And a lot of her reflection in, through our conversations and her reflection on, I believe that it's more than just quilt squares on barns. Oh, I think so. Absolutely. And and that is the twist that she that is she's taking as she's telling these stories. And uh, I have all of the faith in the world in her. She's doing a marvelous job, and I, hopefully the book will be out in 2011. So does it have a working title? Yes, it does, Alex. Uh, the title is Barn Quilts and the American Quilt Trail. And this is coming out in 2011. You said, do you have any idea if it's spring or fall? Because I know people are going to want to get their hands on a copy. I hope it's spring. Um, Susie has a blog. You can find her by Googling Barn Quilts and the American Quilt Trail or her name. And if they follow, uh, she has a Facebook page. And if you want to have people stay, you know, aware, or we can keep you in the loop. And you can maybe post it on your website. Well, I think it's all of the above. I'm going to spell her name and correct me if I'm wrong, okay? Because sure. Google's a wonderful thing. S-U-Z-I-P-A-R-R-O-N. Correct. Awesome. So I know everybody listening to this is technologically on the ball. So, frankly, I'm going to go Google it and check it out and become a friend with her, too. Great. You know, Donna Sue, I want to thank you so much. This has just been a delight. And if all my podcasts were this easy, I wouldn't have stalled for a while. (laughs) Well, I thank you. I thank you, Alex, for being interested in it. And I am so honored to be a part of your podcast and just thrilled. This project, on a personal note, for the last two years has been a godsend to me and has given me strength and hope. Um, I've been fighting breast cancer, and because of my contacts across the United States, I've had so many, particularly women, who have written to me about their story and how of survival and making it through the process. And so... This project has had a dual role for me, not only the joy of seeing the quilts on the barns, but also from the deep, caring, genuine friendship that has been developed with many individuals for me. I am blessed. I am a blessed woman. I don't even know how to comment after that. (laughs) You've taken my breath away. But, you know, this is the thing about quilting, too. Because of, you know, Simply Quilts and thequiltshow.com, I hear stories like this, and frankly, it gives me shivers. And I I didn't know if you would say anything, and I want to profoundly thank you for sharing that, because it's your just a true inspiration for the human race. And so thank you so much. And I want to ask everybody who's listening to help carry on Donna Sue's mission at my personal website, alexandersonquilts.com. If you have one of these national barn quilt trails in your area, please come and put it there. So people, if they're in the area, I've enjoyed one in Door County. And do you have a website that lists all of them donna sewer where can they get this information that's the one thing we don't have is a national presence i believe Susie will develop a website uh, once she gets past the final editing of the book for for this but 
in part, Alex, Googling and, and searching on the, the World Wide Web is almost part of the lure if they want to know about quilts, barns, and Iowa. It's pretty easy to just, or Ohio, is just to put that into a, a format of asking, you know. Yeah. There isn't a national website. I can give you a list of the states that quilt squares are in, actually, trails have been developed well you know what why don't i put that on my website why don't yeah let's do that okay well thank you so much and everyone woo, we're back in the saddle and have a great day again thank you donna sue this was just the best and until we meet and we quilters do get around happy quilting thank you alex